Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Darsh Shah. And I'm Dr. Ultima Shraja. And welcome to Medicine Redefined. A podcast where we will explore the often overlooked but necessary components of health, what we consider to be the fundamentals. We will investigate topics and practices that can give you and your patients the best chance to optimize a healthy lifestyle. It's time to move the needle forward and put the health back in healthcare. All right, guys, we're back with another Lessons Learned with Dr. Darsh. How are you, buddy? What's up? What's up? Good, man. Good. I am hanging out, doing okay. Weather's getting warm, man. So I've definitely got a, a huge huge correlation between my mood and the uh, and the weather. So it's it's nice. I think a lot of people do. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Absolutely. Although, you know, there's just, it's so crazy because there's no such thing as a spring, like at all. Yeah. I just went straight to summer. <laughs> yeah. Such I mean, that's right? always the case. It's, it's such a stark contrast now. And, and it's just, uh, yeah. That's the depressing part of it where, you know, it right. goes from like being cold and snow, especially where I am to then mm-hmm. 87 and humid. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the mornings are nice. That's my favorite part of the day. It for is. Sure. It is. Yeah. Nice, man. How about you? What's up with you? Got down your boards? Congrats. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> At least I, I got done making uh, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully we're done with them for good. Um, uh, there's all, it's, it's funny because I tell my uh, non-medical friends, I'm like, hey, I'm taking my boards. And they're just like, you're always taking an exam. I don't even understand. Like, are you ever done? Like, I don't know. I was like, no. Yeah, there's, there's another one in the fall actually preparing for. So there's that. So What is that? Is that oral or? Uh, sports. Oh, then what, what, oh, this is your oral boards. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I totally yeah, forgot his oral. I thought you were taking your sports med boards. That's right. That's right. No, oral and then you no, have no. sports. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Beautiful PM&R decides to, to do. Yeah. It's one of the still. maybe three specialties three. that still yeah. has uh, two parts. So Orals. that's right. That's right. Um, interesting experience, but like I said, we'll see if a couple of years is still going. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool, man. Well, listen, we, we had a, um, um, a, a couple of amazing guests and, and for two of them, uh, you know, you were flying solo and kicking butt and, but you know, the first part we'll start off cause I think there, there's somewhat distinct topics, right? The first one's yeah. more in the financial aspect, you know, talking student loans, which we got a lot of amazing feedback because, <laughs> um, uh, this, this is <laughs> such a complex and confusing topic. And unfortunately we only had Megan, uh, Megan Landry from student loan planner and she has her own business as well for about an hour or so. And we try to pack a lot in there. So hopefully people weren't more confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if so, you know, we linked a, a lot of good resources and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll link it again here. But, um, you know, this is something that this is a space that I've been investing in for a long time, personally, because it, yeah. it affects me deeply. Um, but you, you're one of the few lucky people who doesn't have <laughs> a great amount of student debt burden. That's right. So jealous, but uh, sure. uh, so tell me, man, what uh, what what were your key takeaways? Like, what did you learn, and what follow up questions do you would you might have? Like, yeah. for her. So let me first start off by saying, I mean, this is I think the first episode where I've gotten feedback through social media from pre meds, medical students, and residents. Like my co residents actually mm-hmm. listened to this episode and were like, oh, you know, I listened to the financial financial burden episode. I was like, you know, this is the topic, of course, that affects millions and millions across the U.S. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna it's gonna hit the heart of a lot of people. Um, I was just, you know, I'm coming in this blind, right? I knew absolutely nothing. You know, you're on one end of the spectrum and I'm on the other. <laughs> so for me, I mean, it was a little tough um, registering all of it. But then when I go back and listen to it again, I'm like, oh, wow, this is packed with a lot of good information. I and mean, the biggest thing I realized is just Megan's attitude towards how to handle 
financial debt, right? So a lot of us, especially in the medicine realm, think there's a, only one way to do something, right? I think it, I think we're also programmed that way, right? If you're going to medical mm-hmm. school, you're learning one way. When you go to residency, you're learning one way. And it's tough for us to branch out a little bit. But hearing it from someone non-medical talk about money and finances in a way to say, hey, if this is your situation, or let's say you're going dermatology and you probably won't do PSLF, right? Because you're going to be in private practice. Like that doesn't mean you're at a disadvantage, right? So there's no such thing as advantage, disadvantage. There's only the right path and plan for you. And so that I think was one of the best takeaways that I've seen that now when people ask me, I can at least point them towards that. You know, I actually went IG live the other day and one of my followers said, hey, I'm going to actually do a free consult with uh, Megan because he's just so terrified of how much debt he's going to be. And he's already in 100K and he hasn't even started med school. And he's afraid of, Mm. you know, when he goes to the med school, add, you know, top that off with another 400, what situation is he going to be? And that's the exact rhetoric that I used with him was the one that Megan was talking about. So it was just cool to see that. Yeah, I mean, the I mean everything that you mentioned is, is so spot on. And the other interesting piece of it is the, the whole uh, student loan space, the whole landscape is so fluid, right? Particularly recently, since the episode came out, and I forget if it after it was published or you know, I think Biden hinted at, at student loan cancellation, and so now the media has taken that and it's been running with it. I, I think the other piece of it, you know, depending on whichever side of the political spectrum you are on, on this is a polarizing topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and in today's day and age, everything we can use to to create, you know, polarity and, and divide and, and to use it, uh, people are going to use it. And so, um, so for those reasons, I think the the media takes it and, and blows it out of proportion, even mm-hmm. though when, when things aren't coming out, uh, like things that we talked about, about, um, the mass headlines of that, you know, 90 something percent of people yeah. reject it and people blow it out. And so what's upsetting to me about this is I, I talked to so many of my, um, co-residents and co-fellows who are so brilliant and have student loan and they just don't have any hope. They're like, Oh yeah, it's probably not going to happen because that echo chamber, as she talked about, it's just, you know, on repeat and louder and louder and louder. And with time, for some reason, when something there's a thing that's you know, if something's been around long enough, it tends to be more and more true, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. enough people repeat it, uh, and so people are like, oh yeah, if that's going to happen, and you know, she mentioned several reasons why it's 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 here to stay. Like you're grandfathered in. It's it's if it's changing, if it's ever changing, um, it's going to be for the future generations, and it seems to happen so slow. Like we talk about medicine taking forever to make changes. Yeah. Like, this yeah. this isn't much better. Um, so I, I encourage people to go back and listen to it. And, and she talks about all the reasons why it's going to stay. And, you know, even on their podcast, I'll plug them in, Student Loan Planner, um, Travis and Megan, all those guys, they do a tremendous job. I mean, I think Travis has blogs on it. And he, Travis Hornsby is the guy who pretty much owns it. He's the founder of Student Loan Planner. Hmm. Um, he's got amazing blogs. If you feel like reading it, like several thousand words to go really deep into it of why there's no way this is going away. So I, I have zero doubt in my mind. And um, and, and that's encouraging for me. Uh, but the other side of it, towards the end, she talked about, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about loan forgiveness just because that's the hot button topic, mm-hmm. but that might not always be the right thing for everybody. Right. And people don't have to feel like they have to do that. The student that you talk about, um, who's going in hundred K and maybe, maybe comes out of medical school, it doesn't go to state school with another 250, <laughs> right? So graduates mm-hmm. at 350, 400. It's like, well, you know what? I got to do PSLF. Like right. that, that's it. It's a no brainer. And then you're hamstrung and you hate your job. And <laughs> as we're going to talk about the next two episodes about <laughs> how powerful, how important it is to, to not 
tie yourself down because you feel like you have to do something, right? And both of our, our next two guests um, were brave enough to, to break away from that. Yeah, I want to I wanna quickly, I, I, did you get a chance to listen to the last VPZD uh, episode? No, not yet, man. Okay, so they, they actually talk about student loans. And so I'll bring this up here because you talk about both sides, right? And so I'll first start off by, so I wrote a tweet, right? What, actually, the tweet was just putting the video up of the editing that we did, right? And I got a comment saying like, you know, obviously they were way off to the side, extreme and just being like, you know, this is not uh, my duty to pay for you and et cetera, et cetera. And like, you should be taking care of your own student loans. And, you know, I mean, that is the rhetoric out there probably with half of the U.S. But, mm. you know, Vinay Prasad and Zubin Damani are talking about how a lot of doctors are complaining about the debt, right? And I think they are a generation above us, you know, not so far off, but just one. But they talk about how the lowest quartile, you know, of, of, of making money as a physician is still higher than any other profession out there, right? In the, in the law field, in engineering field, in manufacturing, whatever it might be, right? As a doctor, your minimum salary is always going to be higher. And so it is more than possible to pay off our debt as physicians, right? But the one thing they don't, and so their argument is that, hey, student loan forgiveness shouldn't be a thing. Because what about one, the people who don't have loans or two, the people who already paid them off? Like, how is this fair for them? Right. They're not really. It's like it's that classic residency mentality, like my life sucks. So your life will suck, too. The one thing Love they that. don't the one thing they don't bring up, though, is like the emotional and mental toll it's been taking on people. Right. I mean, now more than ever, now that mental health is actually being talked about. And again, we're going to be talking about this soon with our next guest. Um, like that whole discussion was missed, right? And that's what I loved Megan's answer when we asked her, like, how do we put the health back in healthcare? It was really about using, right, finding the right path so that you can limit that burden on your mental health. Um, and so that's, you know, that's the case that I would argue against people who say, oh, it's your duty, like we all had to go through this, you know, et cetera, et cetera, is that, well, you're missing, this whole generation is burning out. Right. There's a whole reason why a lot of us are one having or not going into medicine. So we now are now having a shortage. Um, and then two, a lot of burnout. So people even just leaving medicine. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I, I think that that whole argument about it's not fair for the people before. I mean, it, I get it. I get that side of it. But I, I think we always um, maybe not always. The goal, in my opinion, should be to make it better. Right. Mm -hmm. And. To figure out the system better. I mean, we could also look at it like, why the hell is the cost that high anyway? Right. The other interesting thing is like, okay, so I've been looking at the housing market lately, right? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because our, you know, my parents and parents, it, like folks that bought homes in 1990 and 1985, like the home that they bought for a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> is now 500 but also going for 600. Yeah. And it's just incomprehensible to them. Like, how is the market, right? And so it's a, in every respect, it's increasing. And with that, like what I would say, somebody who went to medical school 25 years ago, they didn't pay nearly as much as exactly. somebody who's going to be going to medical school next year. Um, and the, the way, pay, I think that, and the pay is the same, right? Like now from 80s, like yeah. it barely has increased, right? So, well, you know what? I, I'd even argue it's less, less right? Yeah, like maybe, in terms of reimbursement wise. So like in terms of procedural re reimbursement, yeah, um, it, it's, it's not quite the same. Not only that, but I would say maybe the workload is greater. So the residency and training and that kind of stuff has gotten better for sure. Right. But in terms of we're talking about EMRs, right? Or yeah. mandatory retirement, right? We're talking about how every physician, I think in UPCD, those guys talk about it, right? Um, yeah. uh, 
Oh my god, I'm blanking on um his name. Uh stock related his name, man. He Peter, was Peter uh, Valenzuela. Peter Valenzuela. So Peter talks about how, like, you know, I remember him posting a, a little cartoon about maybe for every one hour we spend for patient care, you're spending about an hour and a half to two behind a computer. And and most people are taking their work at home. So, you know, and, and that's actually affecting people too. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not practicing medicine for the reasons why people talked up medicine to be. So, I mean, that's a, that's a whole another rabbit hole that we can go down and yeah. something we actually want to talk about, which just didn't have the time. But I think that um, overall, what I would highly recommend people is before you, before you make any impulsive decision, on student loans, really sit down and either spend the time to educate yourself um, or hire somebody who's who's really invested in this and just understands. And because it's so fluid, it's so dynamic and things are changing every single day. For instance, like there are decisions that people make that are just permanent, right? You come out of medical school and you, you think that refinancing is the way to go and, and you haven't thought every single aspect of it through and then you do that and that's it, it's gone. Now PSLF is off the table for you. Another thing that came up um, because a close friend of mine, you know, they uh, they didn't know the difference between consolidation and refinancing. Mm-hmm. And we talk a little bit about that, right? And so, um, you know, if some people are pursuing PSLF and they come out of medical school, like, so when we graduate, I graduated in 2017, there were really four main carriers, right? You had Navient, you had Great Lakes, you had Fed Loans, and I can't think of the last one. But... Um, if you were considering PSLF, you had to have the loans consolidated and Fed loans have to house your loans, right? So for me, it was Navient. And so Fed loans had to consolidate and essentially buy the loans from Navient. And then I could be on track. Any payments not made through Fed loans do not count towards PSLF, right? And so some people are sitting there, like I actually know people who are like, oh yeah, I'm on track for PSLF, but they never consolidated with Fed loans. So that's three years gone or four years mm-hmm. gone. Like, Ugh. So now it's like, okay, well now we need to rethink your plan. Because you just lost four years of residency training, yeah. particularly with COVID, right? With zero dollar payments, right? So, uh, so I encourage people to really think about it because I mean, even the language gets so mucky, right? Like IDR is this umbrella term, but then you have IBR, and then you have ICR, which are actual plans. Then you have repayment. So, yeah. uh, you know, again, we touched a little bit on those things, different types of loans. Um, so I encourage people to definitely check that out, but also. Um, you know, follow, follow along, follow Megan along, follow Travis along, go to studentaid.gov. Um, it's, it's actually a straightforward website for like a government run website. Wow. It's not that yeah. <laughs> disgusting. Um, so it's not bad. It's not the prettiest, nice. but you know, it, it gets the information across. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, highly, highly recommend everyone watch that episode um, or let's just listen to it. That was, that was a great one. So we move on now to our next episode. So we're definitely going to just switch topics here. But some of this stuff is related, right? So we brought on uh, someone I met through Instagram, Benjamin Morell, who's also a physician. But interestingly, he dropped out uh, during his second year of psychiatry residency to pursue his own high performance coaching uh, business. So I flew solo on this, like you said, um, but you got the chance to listen to it. What were the things that kind of blew your mind or, you know, really resonated with you? You know, I, the, the term dropped out almost has a negative connotation to it. And and I think right. he made that clear distinction that he, it's not because I think people say, oh, if somebody dropped out, they must have not been strong enough, quote unquote, <laughs> to, <laughs> to withstand the rigors of residency training or, or just not competent enough. And it was a, it's a very thoughtful clear discussion discussion talk about the circumstances with his family about how he needed to do that but not only it's it's just it wasn't a fit it wasn't 
what was dressed up to be as, which is a sad reality for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about amazing story, right? He talked about Native American background. And he also talks about the cultural differences, which is a larger question that we ought to talk about or think more about. You know, we talk a lot about mental health. That's what these these last two guests you guys focused on. We, we spent a great deal of time on this episode, on this show, talking about it. And I think in the United States, um, that's something that we, we tend to address a lot on. It's, it's bigger, bigger focus, particularly with, with uh, professional athletes speaking on it, mm-hmm. right? But culturally in other countries, right? For instance, in the South Asian countries where we come from, he talked about Native Americans. That's really not a thing. Man, I don't know what like, that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up, I don't, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not really sure. Like, you know, you tell, uh, like, uh, you know, immigrant, which I am. And, and so you tell their South Asian parents, like, hey, like, I'm depressed. Like, what is that? Right. You know? Um, and, and so I, I think that as as a physician, actually, and I've had to, to tell people on the other side, this is, you know, when you're dealing with people from other culture, because this is a melting pot and you're trying to tease out into what might be a mental ill health issue versus a true organic like pathology, like when it's a brain injury, a stroke or something like that, uh, be, be very deliberate and, and sensitive in how we approach it uh, to try to tease out. Because if you bring up that thing and you would think, oh, maybe this person's going to be open to having this conversation, they might not even acknowledge that as a mm-hmm. pathology, dare I say. Yeah. Right. So I think, so that, I thought that was really interesting and I resonated with that. Nice. Yeah, I think the thing for me and the, the reason I really value Ben is that he, he tells you things straight up, right? So with his story, he was so confident enough in his abilities that without any certification, right? He, he calls himself a life coach. He doesn't have a life coach certification. And when you ask him, he said, you become a life coach by living life, right? Like he's went through it. He's been there. He's done it. He knows perspective uh, and, and the deeper perspective for that matter. So he's so confident in his abilities that he can choose to leave residency and then say, hey, I'm going to start something with my strengths, right? And his strengths being coaching, understanding mental health, and getting people out of a tough time, um, especially with a psychiatry perspective, which is which is really what he's good at. And I remember talking to him offline once and you know, he's like, oh, what, what, what are your goals? Like, what do you want to do? And I told him, you know, after PM&R residency, I really want to get, you know, functional medicine, integrated medicine, lifestyle boarded. And, you know, he's like, well, why aren't you starting now? Why don't you just coach now? And I was like, well, I'm trying to, you know, waiting. And he's like, well, what are you waiting for? Just, just do it, right? Like, you got to be confident in yourself. And so I think a lot of the times, you know, people who are, are listening to this, you know, all of us have these opportunities that are, are in front of us and we know we should go for them or we know we should build that website or whatever it might be. But we choose not to because one, we're afraid and we mask that fear by saying we need to become more competent, right? Because we understand that competence is what increases confidence. But you have to understand that you are already competent, right? Like you become competent through experience, not just through learning. And so I was actually just listening to Art of Coaching podcast on my run today. And they talk about that. You know, they talk about how we mask ourselves um, or mask our fears rather by by choosing not to go into something because we think we need to learn more when in reality, we probably already have the knowledge. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting you bring up that competence because I, I think uh, that's one of the reasons we continue doing training, right? Like we're told that until you go through medical school, you're not, you're not a physician, so you're not competent. We started the conversation about how many board exams I have to take. Yeah. So you got to keep taking them because you are not competent until you become board certified. Right. You got to become double board certified. <laughs> Oh, well, you're board certified. Well, you've only been practicing for a year. 
uh, you don't know anything. You just learn. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you've been five years. You got to get 10 years, right? And all that kind of stuff. And then, um, and, and it's really interesting. I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead here. I was thinking about something that you and um, Seema talked about. How, you know, a lot of, I think I remember she was mentioning when, um, during her pre-medical phase, uh, when she was going through that, she mentioned how like view, we view everything through life, through our own filters, right? And if we haven't accumulated enough experience, right, um, then then we lack the wisdom. And, you know, is there, we know that as you just suggested, there's nothing better in life than experience, right? A better teacher. Mm-hmm. But the, the question, like, I want to ask you is that, because you do this far more than, 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 than I do, right? Like, um, well, actually, you know what, I'm going to ask you that question later on, I think, when, when we approach it. What I do want to come back to is, um, this other thing that she said, you know, she talked about the societal pressures for not being good enough, right? So, because I think that's more applicable here. So we talk about competence, um, so training, you're looking for external validation, right? I got to be mm-hmm. board certified. I got to be again, double board certified. And once you're in medical school, you're happy, but then you get to third year, you get to fourth year. And now you got to make a decision on what residency specialty you want to do. So you're like, oh, plastic surgery or dermatology. Maybe that means you're better. Right, internal right. medicine, pediatrics. Okay, backups. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. And then if you if you get there, then it's like, oh well, you're not going to do fellowship. Why not? Right, what's wrong with you? Right, right? you got to continue doing that more because why? Because you're not competent enough. Yep. And then you got to do another fellowship, maybe, or something else. And so I think that um, it, it's it's a really the the challenge that I have with it though is sometimes you get through all of that and uh, and you realize you still haven't gotten to where you want to be yeah and then un- that that's the challenge i think so right and i, I think you know as, as the stoics would say and i just listened to ryan holiday podcast on this as well right learning is lifelong there's there's no way you're going to get out of it right but you can't read every single book and expect to just have that knowledge and now all of a sudden you, you become the master right like you you can gain that knowledge and you of course need a foundation and fundamentals and so yeah i do think getting a certificate in some way puts some credential to your name right if you are trying to business you're trying to recruit you're trying to grow an audience you're going to need some sort of validation or certification for others to also look but we have turned into a society of status right and that's exactly where oh plastics derm ortho hmm if i can do that even though my heart may not be into it the status is there, right? It's it's the same reason my parents asked me, so what are you going to do after residency? Like asking what what type of fellowship are you doing, right? And I came into PMNR thinking, all right, what fellowship am I going to do? Never once did I think, what if I just went general? And now, you know, after becoming a little bit more self-aware and saying, well, what's my end goal, right? It's not about going to the best university. It's not about getting the best credentials. It's the impact I want to make and how can I make that? Um, and we've talked about this too, right? Like starting the website, just going for it and, growing the audience and, and just beginning now so that we have enough years behind us for when we're truly ready to launch, right? And more than ever now, I'm okay with just going as a general physiatrist because I think it's more actually aligned with my goals and, you know, really learning the difference between a specialist versus a generalist and and which, you know, which of my strengths actually aligns with what. Um, and so, oh, go ahead. No, no, finish your thought. No, I was gonna say, so like the, the, the analogy I like to use is like somebody on a di- or on a diving board ready to jump into the water, right? And the water being that thing that we crave the most, but we're on that diving board and we're so scared of just jumping off, right? But what we're afraid of is not 
being able to float. What we're afraid of is that impact for the most to- most part, right? It's that initial, damn, this is going to be hard and this is going to hurt. But what I like to tell people is if you're going to jump off that diving board, you might as well try a somersault or a front flip and just enjoy whatever the hell you're doing and go backwards, whatever. Because regardless, you're going to land and you know you're going to be okay. You're going to float, right? You're going to be able to swim. And once you do it once, you're going to do it again and you're going to do it again and again and again until you become a better diver, you know, eventually. So I think that process was what people are kind of afraid of, right? Yeah. And to your point about <laughs> status is one reason. I would say sometimes people also make those decisions uh, based on their financial circumstances because they're like, hey, I got a lot of student loans. Yeah. I got to go into this <laughs> higher earning specialty so I can pay them off, right? Yeah. Um, Which is interesting with the whole NYU and Columbia now saying med school is free because I don't know how much of that is actually making an impact for people to say, oh, now that money's on issue, I can go into primary care. You know what I mean? When was the first class that that happened for? I want to say... It's been a while. I think they might graduate this year or last year. Because I think it was like my yeah. first or second year of medical school is when they started that. But my rationale yeah. was like a lot... I, I see both sides, right? A lot of people who are actually in debt are also like, you know what? I just want to do family medicine and just start making money right away. Boom, just go general. Mm-hmm. But I've also, you know, now that people are like, oh, I don't have debt. Well, what's stopping me from going into residency for six, seven years and making a resident salary, knowing that after that, I'll be living a high life. So right. I, I, I'm, I'm, right. I'm curious to see what the data shows, you know, after they do this. But their whole idea was at least, hey, let's pay off. Let's pay medical school for these students so that they have. So we have more primary care physicians because we're in a shortage nationwide. I I'm not really sure how it's going to incentivize students to, to, to not pursue because like, I think it, it's funny because, you know, what you're talking about, you know, we should be thinking about, hey, like down the road, who do you want to help? What are the patient population that you want to work with? I did a, a little mini lecture for a couple of first and second year med students yesterday. And, you know, I they wanted to know what the field of PM&R was mm-hmm. and such a broad, all encompassing <laughs> field. But a lot of the follow up questions were about sports medicine. Mm-hmm. And it, right. it could be because I'm sports medicine, but also because the two most popular subspecialties within PMNR are sports and pain, right? Musculoskeletal medicine. And and so I think that when I generally advise people, again, when I generally tell people to think about what it is that you might want to do a future. It's like, who do you want to work with? What kind of patient population? How do you see yourself thriving? Which is what we were just talking about offline. Mm-hmm. Is, do you really want to do that thing that you're saying? Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be hard. Like, how are these students are going to be like, yeah, just because, you know, I'm not going to pay like, because also we spent the first half of the the episode and you know, discussion with Megan. It's like, don't let the financial piece allow that to make decisions that you're going to work right down the road. So just because it's, it's free, I'm going to do like family medicine. Again, nothing wrong with that. God, we freaking need more and more, of course. But I don't know. So yeah, I'm excited to see that as well. But bringing it back to like what what Ben was talking about, you know, another thing that he he brought up that that was really interesting to me, he talked about people with trauma, about how there's two subclasses of how they react or cope, I should say. Yeah. Right. There's There's the one aspect of it. I mean, this is super broad, but there's the one aspect of it that they're looking for like some type of external means to deal with it, right? And so conventionally, we think of these as uh, substances that people engage in or, or dissociate with from reality. And the other side, which is what a lot of us physicians tend to be, he was, and I actually mm-hmm. find myself to be in this category. Same here. It's yep. this hyper-focusing <laughs> on tasks to escape the reality. It's like, how do I solve this problem? Mm-hmm. And, and when I solve that problem, 
I find another problem to solve. Oh, absolutely. Dude, I was <laughs> Even like- <laughs> there when there are problems to solve. Because once you run out of all the problems and you've solved all the problems, now you got to sit there and look at the the issue at hand and like, oh, shit. Yeah, you man. Know? Yeah. So to, again, drop another podcast that I listened to yesterday <laughs> uh, was Cal Newport's, yeah. Cal Newport's Deep Questions, right? And it's all about mm-hmm. his, his book, Deep Work. And he brings a lot of the ideas in there. And they talk about shutting down, right? Like how do you shut down after work so that you just do not think about it, regardless of who you are and what you do. There should be a time in your day where you say, I'm going to have my shutdown routine. And my shutdown routine involves like reading philosophy and reading other books just so I can tie it back to work in my career. You know what I mean? So like, I don't, I don't know if I shut down. I think Miro would even tell me I probably don't because um, I'm just always thinking, but yeah, it's just, it's just how we're wired, why we go into this field, I guess too. But um, you know, as long as I feel it's not, you got to be self-aware in the end, right? You have to understand how much of this is actually hurting you versus are you tolerating it versus, Hey, you actually need to shut this off for a good amount of time and then come back to it. So it's just a balance. Yeah. I think we talked a little bit on the, on the previous lesson or maybe our two lessons are going to ask you is how do you stay in the moment when you're thinking about the future and the past? At the same <laughs> time, right. Right? Yeah. We got a little existential there. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, again, I tell people there's no such thing as type B in medicine, right? I mean, there's type A and there's type A1, maybe a type A2 and a type A3, There's, there, but there's really no type B. And I'm not really sure that you could be successful and get through through all the rigors that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, I don't think, necessarily mean that, that we have to be this hyper-stressed, hyper-focused person as well. Right. Like coming back to relating what Seema talked about, right? There's a difference between working hard and working with intent, Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think a lot of what you talk about, it's really important to tease out what I'm hearing after she said that is when you come and you read that book and you apply that to whatever lesson that you might have learned earlier is you're intentfully thinking how this, how can I relate it to the experiences I've had Absolutely. and what can I take from that? And so maybe the next time when you're actually going through an experience, you've, you've, you can do that in the moment. You don't have to go back. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, that's that's super, 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 super accurate. That's exactly what I told Mira. So I was like, you know, anytime you read, anytime I watch a YouTube video, anytime I listen to podcasts, I'm there with the goal of what do I take away from this? Because and it relates back to like social communication, social cues, because I realized how important networking is, right? In terms of just the career growth aspect. Um, and meeting people and how much happiness that brings to me. Like for me as an extrovert, like I could talk to people all day anytime. Um, and one of my keys is like adding value, right? Like how do I add value to other people's lives? So if I can take these nuggets by having intent in whatever I'm doing, and I'm always thinking, well, what can I take away that I can share with someone to help improve their life? And by doing that, it's going to improve mine, right? And it just becomes this chain reaction. Um, so when you talk about, you know, past, present, future kind of thing, that's exactly where my mind is. It's, it's at intent. Yeah, I love that. Well, man, I feel like, well, at least I've been going back and forth between uh, Ben and, and Simon because I, I do think that they were yeah. somewhat similar topics. I mean, they had uh, somewhat definitely unique journeys and powerful journeys, but um, it was kind of one of the same in terms of yeah. like, the the inspiration that they provided and um, a dose of reality. It's like, okay, really take a take that big look, or look in the mirror or 30,000 foot overview that we talked <laughs> about and really evaluate your own existence and say, hey, am I on the path of where I want to be? If not... Why not? First of all, when am I going to fix it? And why am I not going to fix it now? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it tell does. me what uh, you were there with Sima. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just going to say, I, I agree with you. I mean, these episodes are one and the same, right? I mean, just for the audience to recap, if you haven't listened to these, 
both of them are were in in the medical field and as as professionals, right? So Ben was a psychiatry resident, and then he left to become a high performance coach. And Seema was a dentist, geriatric dentist, mobile dentist, and then she left her career to become a transformational high performance coach as well. So a lot of the themes in both of these episodes mirror one another. They're just coming from two different perspectives, right? And I think that's why having them back to back is so cool. And that's why I encourage everyone to listen to these because you're going to resonate in some sort of way. So in some way that they talk about, you're going to say, okay, that's me, or I've been through this because they have such unique experiences. You know, you have Ben, um, who's kind of the generational just resident leaving it. And then you have Seema, who's the parent um, trying to support two kids as a husband, and then leaving that chasing her passion, which was actually coaching the whole time. And, you know, another takeaway that I can relate to is I'm reading the um, Almanac of Nabal Ravikant. And Nabal's biggest thing in terms of building wealth is finding out your strengths, right? Like, what is that thing when you were younger that was specific knowledge? It was innate that your mother would always say your dad or friends would always characterize you by, right? For me, it was always like helping out that stranger or um, always being like social, um, and then relating it to sports as well. Like you couldn't get me off the playing field. I'd be practiced first one in, last one out. Um, and so how do you take that and then look at it in terms of your passion and form something around that, right? So for SEMA, I think it comes down to the speaking, the coaching, guiding people through meditation, the wellness aspect. And then you have Ben, who's a little bit more of the high energy, um, also taking people through the same thing, but more from the mental health aspect, more from the motivation and discipline aspect. So when I, when I read this book and then I look back at our guests, it's just such a cool parallel to see how both of them chase their passions in the same field with just two different angles. That's well said, man. And I think that's a, that's a great place to close out. Um, I had other questions to ask, but I, I don't think it's going to add more any value speaking to, <laughs> to that. Um, more so that that's what's already been said and what you've said. So um, I... Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I wasn't there, so I really listened to as part of the audience. Um, fan of, of your work <laughs> as well as the guests. <laughs> thank you, thank you guys you. did a great job. <laughs> um, so I encourage you guys uh, to go check all those out. And as always, um, we would love to hear your feedback. You can hit us up on social. We're on all platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, email works as well, medredefined at gmail.com. The, the good, the bad, the ugly, it's all helpful. Um, this is a lot of work. So if there's something that we're changing up that you're not liking, let us know. Um, And if if nothing else, it'll make our life easier. So, yep. Anything else? So, yeah. If you want to know what our guests look like, uh, please check out our Instagram, Twitter, because we actually have videos up now. So you can definitely check out the short clips of uh, golden nuggets that they're leaving on these episodes. So you can find us there. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't need to see our faces. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, We're not on there. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Awesome, man. All right, buddy. Until next time. Yep. See you, man. Thank you so much for tuning into another lessons learned episode darsh and i are incredibly appreciative of your support and we welcome any feedback that you might have regarding what you're enjoying and even tell us what you're not enjoying things that we can possibly improve on maybe some guest recommendations or if any questions or concerns come up we would love to hear from you you can reach out to us via social media on all the usual suspects our handle is med redefined you can also email us at medredefined at gmail.com. I promise you, we will check it. We'll do our best to get back to you. Um, and just, you know, drop in and say hello. Um, we are incredibly honored 
and enjoy doing this and hearing from you would only make this process more enjoyable. If you find the show valuable, please be sure to review, give us a five-star rating because that tremendously helps our show and makes this platform grow for us so we can reach out to more people like you. Last but not least, please remember the important disclaimer that everything in the podcast is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nor should it be construed as medical advice. No physician-patient relationship is formed and anything discussed in the podcast does not represent the views of our employers. We recommend that you seek the guidance of your personal physician or health coach regarding any specific health-related issues. However, as I mentioned, if you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe, review, and share with anyone who you think will gain value from this. And until next time, thank you for listening.